All right. Welcome back, everybody. We've got another uh, podcast for you today on criminal motives behind the crime scene tape. Uh, sit back and enjoy it. Let us know what you think. And let's jump right into it, man. I appreciate all of you listeners and all of you fans. Uh, we enjoyed hearing what you have to say and and all the all the encouragement, everything, and all the ratings. We're very appreciative of that. So today we're going to be talking a little bit more generically, but we're going to be talking about background investigations. A lot of people have to go through these to get certain jobs or do certain things. So we're going to talk about just different security clearances and some of the things that go along with that. So stay yeah, tuned. What's that? That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah, did yeah. one myself. There you go. It happens. A lot of people. I still do wonder it. how do I make it through that? <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is going to be a good one. So tune in. Let's go. So. Today, we will talk about background investigation. So I know you kind of just said that you went through one. What did you just go through one for? I'm, you know, always looking to better myself, even at 39. Uh, yes, yes. You're always looking to, you know, look for something that might be uh, better for you and your family. And um, a lot of times things come to you that you didn't expect. And sometimes you go looking yourself I generally um, use it as a reflex uh, thing when I'm mad at work. I'm like, fine, I'll just start throwing out resumes, you know, to see what's out there. <laughs> it calms me down, brings me back to reality. And generally, that's all it is, is a stunt. You know, I'm just throwing it yeah. out there just to see. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to switch jobs um, that often or out of anger, but that's usually my trigger. It gets bad or something like that. I'm like, fine. Eat up my resume. Let's throw it out. You know, <laughs> so what can I change to make it better? Maybe everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, now you get to put podcast host on there. Yeah. You know what? I haven't done that yet. So I might need to, who knows what that'll do, but you, uh, you might get some interesting uh, offers out of that. And I didn't know you did that for a while. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear about it. I have some questions for you and, um, you know, something that maybe somebody out there has already wondered too. I mean, you gotta, you gotta realize I'm going to apply for this job, but boy, I don't know. They do the background. It may throw me right out. So <laughs> we'll, I, I've got questions when you get to those parts and uh, we'll find yeah. out what are you actually looking for? Um, does my credit report really matter? You know, mm. so yep. it's important. I know uh, for federal government jobs, uh, credit's a big deal. And I don't know why, but, um, you know, the way I look at it, if you've never been arrested, you ought to be good to go. Who cares whether you can spend the dollar the right way or not? Yeah. So the credit part of it, you know, it's funny. We'll, we'll definitely get to that because there, it is important. There is some factors in that that matter. So. I'll say there's all kinds of different background investigations that can happen. So there's, there's some that are like 
tailored to certain jobs. There are the federal background checks that are the same across the board. Those are for like, if you're going to be hearing something that could be considered secret to national defense or classified to, to national defense, those are things that we have to analyze and look for. So I actually have a background check coming up soon, and it's going to be with an agency called the National Background Investigation Bureau, NBIB. And they're the ones that do a lot of, like, they do a lot for the military. They do a lot for the, like, Raytheon and, and Northrop and all these companies that deal with, um, you know, weapons or any kind of things that could hinder national defense or possibly, you know, could be detrimental to nat national defense because if that information was to get out to the wrong people, it could really expose us. So that is why we do these background investigations to, and I'm not saying background investigations are like 100% foolproof. You know, there's, there's, there's been cases where people have defected or they, uh, they committed espionage because they were bought or whatever, whatever the case is. But doing a background investigation is definitely a huge step in it. It filters out a lot of people because we can't just let anybody into the secrets that we have. So that that's why that's so crucial. Um, but I'll say for my agency, whenever Whenever somebody applies to be an agent or even work with our agency, they have to go through two background investigations. They go through the national one, the, the national, the NBIB one, and then the agency itself will have their agents do an investigation of their own. And it kind of, that one goes more for like their, their character, their work experience, you know, how much time they've been in trouble, things like that. Right. So during my time in my agency, I've done countless numbers of interviews of people for that agency specific background investigation. And we run like we would run those for anybody that applies through our our detachment. So like if I'm stationed at a base, let's say like uh Maxwell in Alabama. If I'm stationed there, somebody else as an agent and somebody else is stationed there, like let's say they're finance or something and they want to join OSI, then they come to our detachment and then we initiate their personal background investigation and we run what like we run that and interview all their friends and their coworkers and family and whatnot. Anybody that's not local, we have to send out the request for it to go have people interview them okay so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of work involved in that one um but it's you know it's crucial you know we we deal with a lot of sensitive information we deal with a lot of classified information it it's just one of those things where we can't just let anybody in and so right. some of those factors like the credit since that one's already been brought up i'll mention that one uh there there is a credit check and then there's some questions about financial decisions and then we ask your friends and family 
about your financial decisions. And the reason we do that is because if we have somebody on our team who's liable or susceptible to possibly being financially influenced, like blackmailed yeah. okay. or, or yeah. personally bought, things like that, that's something we need to know. So it doesn't necessarily disqualify them. But that goes on their record and that shows throughout like, hey, this guy, when we did his background check and everything and his credit check, we saw there was a lot of bad decisions there. Their friends and family said that they made some bad financial decisions. So we should not let him or her hold this money or be in charge of this program involving money or investigate these fraud claims or any of that stuff or do a lot of work overseas because there are, you know, there's terrorists and everybody else who will, who will try to offer money to be like, Hey, we want to pass through here. Here's some money. Let us pass through. It's just one of those things. Like if they're likely to take that deal, then they shouldn't be in that position. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of it that way. Um, I just took it as, you know, you file bankruptcy or your credit score is 400. The government don't want you because you're an embarrassment to society or something. I didn't know about that other. So it makes sense. I'll say this very lightly, but there's plenty of embarrassment amongst the people in the government. Well, yeah, I kind of figured that too. <laughs> there's plenty of people that have made some mistakes and some bad decisions that some are exposed, some are not. So, And a lot of them, they made them after they got the job. So it wasn't yeah. a predicate to getting turned down for a job. You know, it's not like shooting yourself in the foot before yeah. you walk in the door. So, okay, exactly. well, that works out. Um, let me ask you about the uh, other questions that are on every stinking application. And do they matter? Do they really, are they there to protect and offer up jobs to people and eliminate jobs for other people so i'm a white male with no disabilities and no time in the military i check off all four of those boxes and i can never seem to get a phone call is that because i don't fit into a certain category that they're trying to recruit for or are there any marching orders that say hey we really need to find and offer jobs because our workforce is struggling with you know guys that used to be in military and can't find a job i mean some of those things i definitely um am proud to be a part of and proud to support but in some cases it's like i can't get a phone call and i think it's because i'm i'm a white male over 50 and uh i've never been in the military and i don't have a disability should i start checking some of those boxes like the older i get the more disabled i feel you know, and then my brother says, Hey, you know, we got American Indian in us. Maybe we should check that box. And I was like, I don't want to get jammed up and I don't want to take a job away from somebody that's just as deserving. Yeah. But what's all that about? Do you have any insight on that? Yeah. So there's, and this is always going to be company specific. There's always going to be certain, uh, quotas and certain things that the 
certain companies are going to try and try and get. I will say that sometimes companies look for military people first because that's so that's like a protected thing, right? So um, there's certain advantages to minorities, to veterans, to women, to, to to a lot of people that have been mistreated in the past. Those things have been put in place to try and give them a, a little bit more advantage, give them a fair chance. And I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah, straighten yeah. it out. For sure. And so, but there are like certain reasons that people like to recruit people like that. Like for military, if you were prior military and you're a citizen, that automatically means that you have a secret background investigation done. Okay. So you meet those criteria right away and that company doesn't have to pay to go do a background investigation for you. So uh, I'll say there's a lot of things in this world, a lot of things that happen and it all comes down to one thing, saving money. So also they, they, some companies will have those things where they can save money. They can, they meet certain grants. They meet certain criteria to get different benefits. If they have a certain amount of minorities or, women or veterans or any of those so there 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 are there are some underlying motivations but a lot of it is to keep it widespread for the candidate pool yeah um but also to there are those other reasons where people are trying to save some money or or get some extra benefits or anything like that well usually there's a there's an option at the bottom of each one of those subjects that says, I choose not the answer. Yeah. Are you hurting yourself or helping yourself by putting that in there? Depending on who you are, I guess you, if you meet that criteria and you put that answer, you're hurting yourself. If you're not, if you don't meet that criteria, you're not necessarily hurting yourself, but I would say that you're giving yourself a little bit of a little bit more wiggle room to get in there because those are some of the things that they can't, specifically hire you based on those are just like kind of they help you rack and stack a little bit higher if you have them but it's not like if you don't meet that or if you meet that that i'm gonna hire you just because of that so like when you say i choose not the answer that's just that's just a, a another form of the fifth amendment like i'm just okay. not gonna answer that and you can't make me now, if I was to say that I was a certain percentage of American Indian, mm-hmm. would I eventually have to produce documentation to prove so, it? So some some places will ask for that because there are like these national grants and national things that go to these companies if they hire American Indians and give American Indians jobs. Um, yeah, it so obviously I'm a byproduct of you. So I also think that we have American Indian, but the problem is the American Indian people have been mistreated so many times and, and had some horrific things happen to them that they don't have a lot of trust naturally. So it's, it's kind of hard to get that one proven um, when you don't have like a clear line of sight 
yeah so some companies will accept that uh without documentation some companies will need to see it just so they can prove it to other people so i've nor i've marked it a couple times i marked it when i joined the military actually and it stuck with me pretty much my whole time so um and they didn't ask for anything <laughs> they might have they might know more than i do i don't know tell me some of the crazy things that um you've run into on doing a background mm. check yep um, maybe relatives <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah so along with that agency specific uh background investigation i actually had the opportunity to do the national one the one with the nbib i had to go to their training for a week i had to go learn all their stuff all their systems um, and then for three months, I went overseas, and that's what I did. I did a lot of those background investigations for them. And the one reason for that is because to, for them to send one of their agents overseas costs a good amount of money. But because the military already had all the uh, infrastructure already in place, it was easy for them to just send us over there temporarily. It's called a temporary duty or a TDY. So we would go TDY overseas for three months and we, we just did background investigations all day. And it was a, it was an easy job, but because of the backlog, there were so many of them that they were just waiting. So we, we really had the bus down because especially on some of the top secret ones because they were like they were waiting for a really long time on some of these investigations so while we were over there um i i did a, a good amount did a handful of them myself and thankfully when we did them they also asked for references they asked for like friends coworkers supervisors commanders things like that so i i did a lot of the background investigation there and then for the friends who weren't there or family that weren't there overseas we would just send the lead back to somebody saying hey i need you to go interview this person and the 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 form that comes with it, the form that you do for the background investigation, it's called a standard form 86. That's for the military and Department of Defense. and A lot of these companies that goes through NBIB. So they have that form and it asks you questions on everything like previous addresses, previous workplaces. Did you get fired from those places? All these different things. So some of the things that I heard that were funny were like guy like extremely professional like pilots and these commanders like you you talk to them and you're like I noticed that you said you got fired uh, at this job what what was it for and especially the young pilots who have only been in the military for maybe like a year or something like that they were just like, man, look, I was a college kid. I was, I was just drunk the whole time through college. So they fired me because I was putting, I was working in the library. I was putting books in the wrong places and just like stupid things like that. Or like, you know, I was, I was just 
playing a joke on someone and I caught the place on fire. I'm like, how? How do you catch the whole place on fire just because you were playing a joke? And he's just like, well, I was trying to just like, I was trying to get like a little piece of his shirt on fire with my lighter, but then he turned and it like hit this fiberglass or no, what's it called? The um, insulation. It hit like a ton of insulation and all of a sudden the whole place started catching on fire. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's ridiculous. And what if he hadn't put that on there? And so if he didn't put that on there, but then people reached out. So like if, if I reached out to an employer or if uh, one of the MBIB agents reached out to an employer and said, Hey, I noticed he worked here. How did he do? What happened? And they're like, Oh, we fired him because he caught the whole place on fire. But then he didn't disclose that. That's an issue. I just think when it's that far back and you're that young, you could probably leave it out. Um, but do you all have a mechanism that tells you if they're being truthful about where they worked in the past, or do you just rely solely on what they wrote in their paperwork? There's not really like there, we don't put like polygraphs on people. Now that is a part of some background investigations. You got to do a polygraph, but the ones that I was running, we didn't do polygraph, but the thing that would happen is we would ask all these questions and then the NBIB agents would do their research and they would find out like based on your social and your addresses and stuff like that, like where is this play person <laughs> gotten employment from? And so, or like, where has this person lived? Where, like, where is this person visited? Because that's another one you got to put foreign countries that you've been to and any kind of foreign contacts that you have. And there was just, there's a ton of questions and they research all of them. But if they come to find out that you had something or that you, you disclose something that isn't exactly true, that's when it comes up as like a, it's like a red flag. So then that was another part of her job. We would get the red flag notifications and we'd have to go talk to them and say like, Hey, I'm talking to you because there's some inconsistencies in your background investigation and we need to just we need to get to the bottom of it and so that that's kind of like their their chance to come clean about it and if they don't then like 99 percent, it will not go through they will not get their background investigation and then people like pilots and uh, intel if they can't clear a background investigation they can't do their job so right. they they get taken out of their job and put in something else really quick. I know I had a job after I graduated college. So I had a degree and I was trying to keep bills afloat while I was going through the academy. And um, a friend of mine said, hey, man, there's a honeybee factory up the road. You got to go check it out. And I'm like terrified of bees. So they said, well, the honey part is what we, you know, need people at. So I walk in, get a job. And my job at this factory, and it was a small factory, wasn't advanced at all. Yeah. I had to screw on lids to jars full of honey at a pace. Like, you know, the jars are coming down the line. You got to screw these two-piece lids on it, the ball jar type things. Yep, yep. And I was terrible at it. 
I was, he said, no, nah, it's just a rhythm you got to get into. You just spin it on. <laughs> and I had honey going everywhere. I had jars backing up. I had all kinds of problems going on. And I showed up for work every day, made a big mess every day, but I was reliable. And the boss pulled me to the side. He gave me like $200, said, I need you to go away. He said, you don't understand. You have a college degree. This job is for hammerheads. Just go away. You're just, you're way too educated. I looked at him. I thought, I'm either way too educated or I'm just dumber than a hammerhead. So one or the other. And I've never put that on any of my job applications. I don't, you know, I always wondered, man, does that stuff like that? You know, and I had a job one time where I worked at a gas station. And I just didn't like it. I worked one day for Wendy's and quit, and I didn't like it. None of those are winding up on my resume for sure, but definitely not in my job history. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know if that was part of it or not. But Yeah, I mean, obviously people aren't going to put the jobs that that didn't go well for them in their resume and stuff like that. But if there's any kind of connection to the government, Uh, they're going to know about it. Now, granted, so like when I was in high school, I worked at that at that snack shop in the in the mall, and we I, obviously I didn't get paid through a W two or anything. I got paid under the table, and I had to do my own taxes. But I also didn't know what a ten ninety nine contractor form was or anything like that. It was just like, yeah. here's your here's your here's your money because you're a high school kid. Go on, <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I disclose that to the government. They know about that just so everybody's aware, but the, the thing is they're not going to know that that was a, that was a job I had because there was no kind of like connection that they could find that out unless they happen to know through interviewing people. Like if they interviewed one of my friends and said, where has he worked? And they're like, oh, you know, he did work at a snack shop one time. They're like, oh, a snack shop. Interesting. Tell me more about it. And then they give them all the information. And then the friend's just like, yeah, I'm just telling them what I know. I don't really know like anything. I, d- I didn't know that you didn't put that on there. That's that's another way that we find connections is through talking to people. Yeah. So the, I, I'll say this. The biggest thing is you have to be truthful. You have to tell the truth on your background check to pass it like i said the the credit check the the bad history those things are not automatic disqualifiers lying or not disclosing the truth that is 100 a disqualifier they'll they'll shoot your application down real quick for that well if i was to be critical of the process and they do put that line at the end that you've truthfully answered all the questions and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They ought to put down a disclaimer as best as you can remember. <laughs> because <laughs> where most jobs only care about the last 10 years, uh, there are some jobs that will say, we need to know everywhere you've lived without any gaps, every job you've had without any gaps. Yeah, And there ought to be a line that says to the man, to the best of my memory, good grief, who keeps track of that stuff? So, well, there is some leeway in that. So it's, it's called oversight where you forgot to put something where they research something, find something out. And then they're like, Hey, let's talk about this. And if you're just like, 
oh, you know what? I forgot about that. I'm sorry. And then they just put it all through. Here's a great example of some oversight, though. When I was working at one of my jobs, which you'll know which one I'm talking about because really the only job I had in high school that I did for a while. Anyways, when I was working there, I, I only got written up, quote unquote, once. And it was for not doing the upsell procedures on, on whatever I was selling. And that was the only one I knew of. That's the only one I signed for. That's the only one I was like, yep, I got it. I know I made that mistake, blah, blah, blah. Well, when I did my top secret background investigation, they came back to me and said, hey, let's talk about some of your disciplinary uh, actions that happened at this job. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I had one for not doing this. I corrected it and it never happened again. And they're like, yeah, that's not what we show. And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So they said that they called one of those managers and one of those managers was like, yep, on his file, he had like 56 write-ups. What? And I was like, what are you talking about? I have no idea. Man, I'd have <laughs> probably took a search warrant <laughs> and uh, made a visit on these jokers like in a hurry. Yeah, so they reported that I got wrote up 56 times when they got interviewed. And so when they asked me about it, I was like, I have no idea. And so then she thankfully this this agent asked the right questions to the manager. So this agent asked the right questions to my previous manager and she was like, "Okay, so why was he written up so many times?" And then she explained the process. Well, here at this company, we can have write-ups that are unaware of that the that the person is unaware of and it's just our personal uh way it, it's just our our secret way I'll, I'll just say like it is it was their secret way of writing somebody up and having a track record to be able to fire them easily if they needed to um thankfully at the time i i guess i was needed enough to where they didn't use that against me but that was on my record there at that company and so when, when they brought it to me in the investigation, the background investigation, I was like, yeah, I had no idea. I never heard that. I never knew that. And they were like, well, thankfully I found that out. And so now, you know, they did this. And I was like, man, that is so wild. I can't yeah. believe that happened. You wait. <laughs> yeah. Man. Along with that, uh, some of the, now going, going back to some of the other people, there were people that did background investigations. There's also been some examples where I saw that people tried to use that as their excuse, but it, was, it wasn't accurate. So there was a red flag notification that came in for one of our pilots. And the pilot came in, and I actually didn't do this interview. It was my buddy. So he came in, and my buddy was like, hey, uh, I wanted to talk to you about your time in, in ROTC at college. And so he was just like, okay, sure. And he was like, all right, tell me about your time in college. Cause we talked to this, this, and this. So my friend who was interviewing said name dropped all the pilots friends that they, they had talked to. And he was just like, 
okay, when I was in ROTC and being paid by the Air Force to be there, I did mushrooms and acid while in college with my buddies. <laughs> and so he dropped that line and my buddy's just like, yeah, what? what? <laughs> so, so they had to go through and uh, he had to go through, get all the information. He sends it up and they're like, well, he was truthful and forthcoming. Yeah. So we're going to push this through and see how it goes. And we were all just like, there's no way. There's no way that they're pushing this through right now. So they they did push it through, but then they came to the conclusion that it's it's not going to it's not going to go through. It's not going to fully go through, at least. So what happened was, is that pilot lost his security clearance. And then because on the initial one, he said that it didn't happen. Like none of that happened. So then they caught him because he admitted to it. Right. And then his buddies that he talked about as well, they also got they also got the the hammer. So that was another that that was an, an example of like trying to use oversight and it didn't really work because he was just like, Oh no, they caught me. I gotta I gotta say it. Blah. I had a case one time where I was being asked to look into it for, I don't know what reason, but I guess maybe just some direction. But at a company I worked for, there was a gentleman who would been working for him for probably a year. Mm. And one day somebody noticed an ankle monitor and it was in a position that generally ankle monitor type cases, um, people that had them didn't qualify for the position. Mm. So they got to looking into the background of it a little bit. And they said, uh, this is so unusual, so bizarre. He said, uh, in his application, he put down his address for the last 10 years, the same address. Have you ever been, have you been arrested uh, or convicted of a felony in the last 10 years? He put no, and that was accurate. Turned out, the guy was in prison. He gave the correct address. The last 10 years was the prison address. He had not committed or been convicted of a felony in the last 10 years because he was sentenced to 20 years for a manslaughter charge. Jeez. He answered everything correctly and truthfully. And because he'd been in there for so long, his, um, with, whatever background service they were using. Um, he had no credit uh, deficiencies. He had um, nobody chasing him. He had no, I mean, he had nothing. He had a clean record. He looked like a model citizen, but he was serving his time for manslaughter and was set to get out of prison. Um, you know, within a few months of filling out the application, wanted a job and got the job. <laughs> solid address hadn't moved hadn't done anything and uh they hired him and he'd been there a year before they figured out what was going on now i know that um, they didn't just come up and fire him because i think there were so many legal issues with the whole process that it ended up on the hands of one of our attorneys to sort through it and honestly if he did it all right and he's been with them a year already and there's not been an issue, I don't know that 
the smart thing would have been to let him go because he right. didn't deceive anybody. He didn't, I mean, he spoke the truth on every aspect and got the job based on that. It's not his fault that the background system, and, and I'm sure there are several types of background checks you can do and several search engines connected to different background checks that companies might use some right. of them more scrutiny have more scrutiny than others um, but the one they used did not declare did not find out that he was and nobody asked him well you've been in one place for the last 10 years where you've been prison because it's not a thing that could happen i mean somebody could actually live someplace for 10 years right without moving so I don't know how it all turned out, but I told them, give it to the attorneys because I don't think they have a leg to stand on. The guy's a good employee. He answered everything. He did his everything about his part. He did right. Yeah. I say, let him have it, you know, let him keep his job. So, but I don't know what happened, but it was just unusual. Right. Yeah. Some of the smaller ones, smaller investigations won't have like the detailed question because there are some questions in some of the more expansive ones that are like, are you currently serving a, a sentence? Are you doing mm. this? Are you currently on probation? Are you and it'll ask all these questions? So, um, yeah, I think in the interest of manpower reduction. Um, it went through the system. It hit all the boxes and spit it out saying good candidate hiring that yeah, nobody, yeah. I'm sure nobody ever asked him anything. He was given a higher date and a date to show up for orientation and bada bing. There he goes. Yep. Yep. For sure. I mean, that happens. It's, it is what it is. And, and there's not really like they shouldn't, of course, depending on the, on the position uh you know you can't really discriminate if you've been convicted because everybody gets a second chance you know once they serve their sentence then they're done you know they they should have a second chance at life and to do things now there are certain things that they shouldn't be able to do but there should be things that they should be able to do for sure yeah and this guy um this company had positions that dealt with um, airport um, secure identification display areas side mm. of they call it um, but there's also general labors mixed in with it too um, yeah. and different things so unless he tried to apply for a uh, side of badge or some other ground um, security coordinator position it probably wouldn't come up for general labor or loader or something along that line. Yeah. Um, that's probably how it happened. And, um, you know, I don't know. It was just unique. That's for sure. And I, I sided with the guy. I was like, man, the guy, you know, it's hard enough to find a position uh, with a criminal record. So all for it. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I don't know the legal ramifications or the anything like that. But yeah, if he's already been there for a year, no issues. I don't know. It's one of those I things. As long as he doesn't try to um, get a position that requires a clean background in you know criminal or whatever, he'll be fine. 
you know, right. he's, not, he's obviously not going to be PSA. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as we know. Yep. All right, man. Well, good stuff. Answered a bunch of my questions. <laughs> yeah, man. There's uh there's a lot to it. Well, I know when I first started out, I wanted to be in Highway Patrol. They had the best cars, the newest cars, fastest cars, and they were just the top shelf. You got the hat. State, yeah, state police. <laughs> um, and you know, they for the most part everybody works hard and you can't really slight anybody's position, but I could have done with just working wrecks and writing tickets, you know, yeah, could have been easier. Um, especially with those, that equipment. Um, but the guy that came to talk to us about it said it was going to take nine months to do the background check. And then another six months in the Academy. It's like a year and a half. I'm like, dude, I ain't got a year and a half. I want to go now. Give me my badge, my car. Let me go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I ended up not, uh, pursuing the state police route and wound up doing local. Yeah. Um, but I know I felt back then nine months was too long, but given all the things you have to go through nine months is probably the status quo. if not longer. Yeah. Thankfully now there's a lot more technology in place that can do a lot of those checks and alleviate some of that time. But there, there are some things that have to be dug into, and it does take time. So um, I don't really know what the exact time frame is for everything, but it, it'll vary depending on how in-depth they have to go and if you have to get a polygraph or not because they can't just do that willy-nilly. You know, you got you to gotta have a trained polygraph technician for it and everything. Right. So, yeah. But, man, this has been a good episode. Um, yeah. I'm glad we were uh, able to talk about this one and definitely want to hear about some experiences, uh, maybe some issues, anything that anybody's gone through with background investigations uh, would love to hear if you've run them before any of your, any of your funny or interesting stories that come along with that. Uh, just send it to our email. You can comment, uh, you can send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook. That's where we get a lot of ours. And yeah, we're just, we're looking forward to hearing from you guys and we appreciate all the uh, support and, and all the, all the feedback that you guys give us and we're just grateful. So absolutely. You, you got anything to add on before we leave? No, absolutely. Uh, good conversation. Um glad to explore some of these things. I'm sure others have differing kinds of stories. And if uh, um, if you like, share some of your uh, concerns <laughs> that you've had in the past um, or some funny things that happened to you as well. But yeah, good conversation. Good job. Appreciate yep. it. Yep. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Take care, man. Have a yeah. good week, everybody.